Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the latest installment of my brand new podcast, Swinford Suggestions. I can't even say the name. I probably should have named it something different, but I didn't. But, you know, I just like to roll with the punches, and that's what that's what we're doing right now. We're rolling with the punches. Um, so let's just get started on this episode. My name's uh, Swinford. You can call me Swinford or you can call me Tyler. <laughs> but just make sure you call... I was going to try to make a joke, but it wasn't funny, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but before I, I get into the episode, um, I actually have a review, uh, our first, my first review that I'm going to read. Uh, it's not, it's not, you know, the longest review, but it is a review, nonetheless. Um, this is from Christiani252, and it says, awesome, five stars, good reviews. Um, so thank you for saying that. I really do appreciate the the feedback glad you gave it five stars could have gave it six stars i'm just kidding you can't give it six stars we all know that but you know like i said uh like i said last episode if you guys you know want to leave a review leave a review and i'll i'll shout it out at the beginning of the episode and also also do this too you can suggest something that i should watch read or you know any anything anything really watch read listen to whatever whatever it may be so, with that out of the way, uh, let's get started on the first thing I want to talk about. And that's that's a, a movie I, I recently saw. A children's movie, I might add. And this movie was called Peter Rabbit. Now, I thought this was going to be an Easter movie. I was like, rabbit equal Easter, right? Well, let me tell you, I was wrong. I was terribly wrong. It was more of a Thanksgiving movie, which was pretty ironic since Thanksgiving was a few days ago. But let, let, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about it. Let's tell, let me tell you why I liked it and what I thought of it. So Peter Rabbit, it's a kid's film. It's directed by Will Gluck, who has directed such movies as Easy A and Friends with Benefits. Not not the, you know, those aren't the things you think of when you think of children's director. But he's also done, I think, the most recent adaptation of Annie. So it's not like this is his first uh, kids movie, and you know he—I don't—I don't want to spoil this podcast, but he did a really good job with this movie. It was—it was fun, it was entertaining, and it kept my attention. Um, but so let me let me talk about the cast of this movie, which is a—it's a pretty good cast, pretty all-star cast, if I can say so myself. So you have a Peter Rabbit, Peter Rabbit. He's voiced by James Corden, and, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of James Corden. I think he's a fine guy, Um, but I've never really seen him in movies, I guess, and after this, he did a really good job, you know? He seemed like he really cared about the movie. It didn't feel like a movie where people didn't care. Like, he he felt like he really cared about his role and gave it life. I couldn't really... Um, I'm like, someone else could have played Peter Rabbit. I don't know who. So, you know, he did a good job, I, I think, with that. Um, and the delivery of all his jokes are pretty good. You don't notice if they're, like, bad. which Or at least I didn't. I don't want to say you won't. But I didn't notice if his jokes were delivered wrong. Um, you also have Rose Byrne, who plays B. Uh, she's just... Uh, she's She cares for the animals. Because uh, she lives... She thinks the animals just own the land. Because they were there first. Which doesn't really make much sense to me. But whatever. Um, and she doesn't have, like, super big, I guess, arc in this movie, but she, she likes to paint, and that's her dream, and then she's a love interest for, uh, Thomas, who's played by, 
I'm gonna butcher his name, Dominic Gleason. Uh, who you guys may know as General Hux. Um, but he inherits inherits this land from his dead uncle who died that he didn't know he had. Now, now Thomas Thomas is a guy. He's a stick in the mud. He dislikes wildlife and he's very clean and tidy and he tries to keep up a persona that he cares about animals and stuff because he likes bee. But oh, but later in the story, you know what happens? Later in the story, he and Peter get into a a bit of a scuffle, and Peter ruins one of Bee's paintings, causing uh, causing her to kick out Peter, which kind of starts like a like a war between Peter and Thomas of uh, Peter Rabbit trying to ruin ruin Thomas's relationship with Bee, even though Bee's happy. Um, then after that, you also have you also have Peter's sisters. Uh, you have Flopsy, who's played by Margot Robbie, uh, who. You guys may know as Harley Quinn or whatever her name was in Wolf of Wall Street. Plenty of other movies that I can't think of. And then you have Mops, who's played by Elizabeth Debicki. I don't know who she's from, um, but you can look up her name. That's her her name. Then you have Cottontail, voiced by Daisy Ridley. So we have two people who've been to Star Wars movies so far. And I think that's pretty cool. It's like a little bit of a reunion. Then you have Peter's cousin, Benjamin Bunny, voiced by Colin Moody. Now, now everybody, all, all those characters I just listed, they don't have like a super big part in this movie. They're in it a lot. They have a fair bit of lines, but they, they don't really. The only one who really drives the story forward would be uh, Benjamin, but not even really. Like, but he, well, I guess he does. He gets into an argument with Peter, but the whole movie is pretty much just Peter wanting to have full control of the garden. But by the end of the movie, he has to learn that he has to share the garden, and also. It's not just about the garden. He also wants, doesn't want Thomas to have B. Now, Peter doesn't have a crush on B or anything. That's not what it is. It's just Peter lost his parents, and he feels like B is kind of his parent in a way. So he doesn't want Thomas to take that away from him. But he realizes that he's, B deserves to be happy. So by the end, all the problems are resolved, obviously. It's a kid's movie. Um, B doesn't move away, and Thomas and uh, Thomas and B console and are together by the end, and everybody's all happy and friends. But you know, next up, next up on this, we got the humor in this movie. You know, you thought I was done with this little bit review, but no, I'm going to talk about the humor. So I don't have much to really say about the jokes because I didn't find them all super funny, you know, because it is a kids' movie. So you know, if I was a kid, I'm sure I would um, enjoy these jokes a lot more but there are some jokes I did enjoy um for example there was just one joke um and Thomas sold the house to move back to London and he came back because he was like B I, I love you or whatever and um he had already sold the house and the people he wanted the house back and they're like we can't give you the house back go live with your wife and he was like oh we're not married and Thomas he was like he got done on a knee and was gonna ask her to marry her and she said get up and it was just really funny because she was mad and you know as a kids movie it's kind of clever because I don't think a kid would really understand that maybe I don't know I'm not a kid but in conclusion should you watch the movie you know I thought it would be kind of Easter themed but it's not it's more of a Thanksgiving movie so if you're with your family on Thanksgiving then go watch it because It'll bring the it might bring the family closer together, and if not, then I'm you know you need help. If Peter Rabbit can't bring your family together, I'm sorry. Next up on the list, we have another movie, 
a Netflix original movie. Now, I don't think I've talked about a Netflix original movie before on this podcast. So this is a first in uh, podcast history where I'm going to talk about a Netflix movie. And this is a, kind of an older one. came out 2019, I believe, but it's called Always Be My Maybe, which was a, a romantic comedy about these old childhood, childhood friends who meet up after a few years, after they had a falling out, and then they kind of try to, you know, rekindle what they once had. Just a typical rom-com, as they say. But it's not anything super new, you know? It's just a romantic comedy. They're all pretty much the same. You, you can't really try anything super new. But, you know, they... they if you, if you see a romantic comedy, then you then you're you're gonna know what happens. You you don't watch romantic comedies for the plot usually. Like, it, I don't know. I'm talking weird, but let me just tell you about the movie. Uh, so they have a falling apart at the beginning of the movie, and they they've been friends since they were in like sixth grade, and because uh, they had uh one they were friends, and then in senior year or something, they tried to be more than friends, and it didn't work out because uh Marcus's Marcus, his mom died, and it kind of drove him away from her because he wanted to take care of his dad. But, cut to, I think, 19 years later, they meet each other again, and they kind of have, like, uh, what, what movie movie people call a meet-cute, and they meet each other, and it's really awkward, and they're like, ah, this is awkward. Then they go on a few dates, and they have a big fight, and solve everything by the end, like you do with these type of movies. But... Why, why is, this movie does sound kind of basic, so why am I talking about it? Well, let me tell you why. Because this isn't a romantic comedy that has a white dude with a beard and a blonde-haired lady as the leads. No. You don't know who it has as the leads? You have Ali Wong as Sasha Tran and Randall Park, who happens to be one of my favorite actors, as Marcus Kim. Now, uh, in, in Asian-led romantic comedy... That's pretty cool. I, I've never heard of that before. Now, I'm not sure if there has been one. I'm, I'm sure there has, but at least not this mainstream. And it, it was it was good, you know? The movie presents Asian culture in a way that didn't feel forced, and it wasn't just, you know, Asian people talking about Asian things. Like, yeah, they had their Asian culture, but Marcus, he also had, like, a hybrid rap band, and he would perform that. Like, that's something anybody can do, and I like that. They didn't just present it as just... These are what Asian people do, because it wasn't written by a white guy. Um, but then, so so Mar- Marcus, yeah, like I said, he had a hybrid rap uh, band, and then Sasha, she was like a famous chef. So Sasha's real famous. Marcus, he isn't famous. He's just you know living close to his dad because he wants to take care of his dad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ah, ah, gotta cut this out. Just kidding. I'm not gonna cut it out. Um. Plus, I want to mention, this movie also has Keanu Reeves, um, but I won't say what he does in this movie because it could be considered kind of kind of a, a spoiler. Um, but the comedy in this movie, it, it, it was fun, you know. Uh, most jokes landed, even though I didn't laugh, but I don't think you really laugh at romantic comedies, or at least I don't. Um, but the romantic parts were the best part because it felt like real people. It was really good. It felt like real conversations you could have with someone you cared about it was directed by I'm gonna butcher her name but Natachka Khan 
And it was the first movie she directed. Um, I think she's only directed two episodes of Fresh Off the Boat and maybe some other show, but I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. And I think she did a fantastic job. Um, it was also written by the two leads, uh, Randall Park and Ali Wong, and uh, also written by Michael Golacoma. Go- I don't know how to say his name. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. You know, that's why I put the the writing team in there because I think they did a really good job. And I would like to see, you know, maybe these two leads in another movie, not the same characters, but I think they had really good chemistry with each other, which is really important when you're shooting a romantic movie. I'd like to see them in another romantic movie again, maybe something different, change the plot up a bit, and I'd like it. So go check out this movie if you want to take your significant other out out to a night in your living room to watch Netflix, check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Alright, next up, let's get away from all these movies and talk about music. Now, the music section this week, it's going to be kind of short, because it's just really songs or bands, I guess I could suggest. Now, the first band, or mainly song from this band I want to suggest, is the song's called Gino, and it's, uh, perform- or it's, it's you know, made by a uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners, um, so the song Gino, why do I like it, you know? Well, to put it in simple terms, it's a, f- it's fun, you know, it makes you want to like dance and get up, they have like a horn section at the beginning, and it's like the coolest opening ever, and then, um, the band, they're what I would consider like late 70s or early 80s ska music, um, you, you may know their more popular song, Come On Eileen. Which is also fun, but you know, I prefer Gino simply because of the amazing opening that I mentioned before. There isn't really too much I want to say about them. I haven't listened to too many of their songs. I'm going to continue to listen to them, and maybe I'll, I'll find something better, or maybe not. You know, if I don't, maybe if I find something better, I'll mention it in the next episode. But if you do have time, check these guys out. I, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like a good horn section at the beginning and throughout the song with some nice guitar and some pretty good vocals. So if you like if you like ska, then you'll like this. Next up is another song called Teenage Kicks by the Undertones. I really don't have too much to say about this because it's just one song and I'm not gonna break down a song because that's not me. You know, I don't know too much about songs to break it down. But the song is just like it's just it's angsty and like fun and it makes you feel like like a teenager again, which I'm still a teenager, but nonetheless, it it makes you want to do something energetic. It's like whoa, man, this song goes off the rails. This is like what it this is like the what it feels to be a teenager, you know? Teenage kicks, as they say in the song. Um, now, the undertones they're a Scottish band. Um, they have another song I like called "My Perfect Cousin," which is about their cousin Kevin who is perfect, unlike the lead singer of the song. But Teenage Kicks, it makes me feel happy. And that's why I like it. These two songs this week, they made me feel happy. You know? And that's 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 a good feeling to have for a song. It doesn't have to be. You know, I like songs that are happy or sad or whatever feeling I'm feeling, you know? And these made me feel happy. So, uh, cheers, cheers to the undertones and Dexy's Midnight Runners. You all did wonderful with these songs. Next up, next up we have a show. Oh god, my voice cracked. Next up we have a show called Billy on the Street. Now, there really isn't too much I can say about this show either because it's not going to be for everyone. And 
it's not a super complicated show. Like, I, there's not really too much I can say about it. But if you like Billy Eichner, if you like Billy Eichner, you'll love the show. You know. So here's the show. If if I can describe it in the simplest terms possible, this is um, Billy Eichner, and he walks down the street and he asks random people random questions or random make him play random games, and sometimes he'll have a famous person and he'll ask people questions about that celebrity. Now, the reason I like this show is because most of these interactions are really awkward or really funny. Uh, Billy, he's like this really energetic guy. And I mean, this show's been going on for, I think, 15 seasons. I think it just got its 15th season. So if you want a good chuckle, go check out this show. I know I said chuckle, but I meant to say check out this show. So check it out, losers. That's what Billy would say. So, what can I talk about next, you know? Well, I hate to talk about something I've already talked about, but I'm going to talk about something I've already talked about, and that's the Smallville comic. I've gotten further along with it. There's 150 books in this, and I'm at 100, I think. I'm really close. But it gets so much better. Like, this show could... Like, if, if they were to adapt this comic into a movie, I think they could really do that, because it has Superman... He goes to the future, and he realizes that xenophobia is really big because more Krypton Kryptonians come, and you know he goes back in time to hit or back to the his present, and he's trying to make the world better. He like tells because pe- people didn't know he was an alien, and he told people he was an alien, so that way you know people would you know be more understanding to <laughs> aliens, and it kind of has like that that real world element to it. And, you know, he's getting, um, he's getting, like, ber- not berated, but, um, attacked, I guess, for lack of a better word, by a wealthy businessman, Lex Luthor. God, my voice cracked again. Lex Luthor. So, you know, you could really make that into a movie. And I guess that's what I wanted to talk about. It's not really a suggestion, per se, but Warner Bros., if you're listening and need someone to write you a Superman movie, I would gladly do that. Okay. So that, that, that's all for that, but, you know, please go check the Smallville comic out, or check out the show, I think it, it's a really fun watch and read, and all that, just, I love it so much, it's probably one of my favorite superhero shows, it was one of the first that, like, that really was successful, I guess, I mean, the only other superhero show that was live action, like, I think, was, like, even slightly successful, was, like, the 60s Batman show. Or maybe, like, I think it was the 80s slash 90s Superboy show. But they weren't even that good, if I'm being honest. Okay, next up is another movie, because I love talking about movies. And this movie, this movie is called Ready or Not. Now, I watched this movie when it came out in theaters a few months ago. And I didn't really expect much of this movie. But boy, was I blown away. So this movie, it's about this this, uh, woman, Grace. And she's about to get married to her husband, who, or, well, not her husband, she's about to get married and become a husband and wife to her, uh, fiancé. I think his name's Adam. Honestly, I can't remember what his name is. It doesn't really matter at this point, but, you know, he's like, hey, my my family does some weird stuff, you know, they're like, ah, whenever they want somebody new in the family, they want to play a board game, because we're a big board game empire, so, you know, it's weird, but you'll enjoy it. What, what he didn't tell her was that there's a chance that she could pull the card called Hide and Seek, 
which would, um, you know, make the family hunt her. He should. He said he didn't tell her that because she would have left him. Bro, bro, just tell her that. You don't even have to get married. You could just be dating for a really long time. And that's how you solve that problem. So why is this movie good? Why am I talking about it? Well, let me tell you. Just listen, okay? Just listen. So this movie has Samara Weaving, who plays Grace, just pretty much being really cool and beating up, pretty much killing like the whole family because they're trying to kill her. But um, there's some fun scenes in this movie. It's fun, you know. There's not really too much I can spoil plot-wise. The ending, though, the ending is really good. Uh, pre- I'm not going to spoil it, but pretty much the whole family, they think if they don't kill her, then they're all going to die. Now, how are they going to die? Are they going to die? I'm not going to tell you because that's not my business. Go watch the movie. Unless you do want me to spoil it, then comment down below so I can get more comments. But I'm not going to spoil it now. So, pretty much, Grace just tries to survive the night because I think they, they're supposed to die, in quotation marks, at like 12 a.m., so, just I just want to talk about one of my favorite scenes from this movie. And this little kid, she sees him, and she's like, Hey, kid, what's up? And he shoots her in the hand, and she has, like, a big hole in her hand. And then she just decks the kid in the face. And I thought that was some of the best horror movie writing in a while. And, you know, I wouldn't consider this a horror movie, because it's not scary. It's more of a, a thriller suspense, you know, because... Uh, there weren't many jump scares, or at least, especially that I could remember. I just remember she was beating everybody up, and it was cool. Because, like, you don't expect her to, you know? But I guess she's been on her own her whole life, because she was an orphan. But I would really like to see more from these, these writers and director. And I want to see if, you know, they continue Grace's story from the ending. Maybe she has to deal with the devil or something or I don't know. Give us you can give us a prequel where she's in the orphanage or something. It could be really interesting, and I want to see this return on the big screen or maybe maybe a show like a mini series. I think that would be really cool for it. <clears throat> okay, next up, I'm running out of breath. It's hot in my room, so I'm uh, I'm kind of out of stamina. But the last thing I want to talk about, hopefully last thing, there may be one more thing, but we don't know. I don't know if it's going to take me eight minutes to talk about this one thing. It probably won't. But this thing is called Skate 3. It's a video game. Now, for those of you who don't know who Skate who Skate 3 is, sorry, what Skate 3 is. Skate 3 is a game where you skateboard. That's pretty much the whole game. Now, there is like a bit of a plot, you know. Pretty much, you want to be the most successful skateboarder and sell a million skateboards. That's the whole thing of the game. Uh, you you pretty much play with different uh, famous skateboarders. Not anybody who's friends with Tony Hawk, pretty much. It's like Rob Deerdick and his crew, from what I've noticed. Um, but this movie really, or this game, this whole series really de- redefined the skateboard game, I guess, the genre. Because instead of doing, like... Typical skateboard tricks in old games where you would use like the the d-pad and stuff This one has you using the right thumbstick Now instead of doing the whole series. I just wanted to talk about skate 3 because that's the one I remember the most Skate 3 I it's just 
you know, really important to me because I played it so much in my life, and it was like a vice. It was just a way to relax, and that's what I want to talk about, you know? That's what I wanted to talk about with this game. It's fun. If you want something to relax and talk to your friends and listen to music, because that, you know, I used to play this game while I would listen to a new album. That way I could be fully immersed, because you don't have to, I didn't have to focus in this game. Like, you could just legitimately just skate around, free roam, do cool tricks, get off your board, run up to the top of a half pipe and shred down. And I loved that about that game, because I'm a big free roam guy. I had, I had a lot of fun times playing with friends and having skate matches where you would see you could get the highest score. It was a very simple game, and I wanted them to make a fourth one, and they haven't yet. And I don't think they will anytime soon, you know, because I think it's something with copyright issues or something like that. I don't really know, but it was a fun game. And it also has Dave from Alvin and the Chipmunks, because he's an actual skateboarder. I forget his name. I think, um, what's his name? Jason something. Jason, Jason Lee. Jason Lee, that's his name. It's Jason Lee, and he's like your tutorial master called Frank. I don't know why I said tutorial master. That was the only word I can think of. But go check out this game, you know? And I know I said that was going to be my last one. But this is not the first time I've lied to you guys, okay? So, I got one more. And it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's kind of small. And what do you think it will be? Now, this last thing, you know, technically, you don't, have to call, you don't have to call it a suggestion. I just want to talk about my Spotify 2019 rap. Because I think that will be interesting. And maybe it'll be like a fun thing we can all we can all laugh and chuckle at. So in 2019, my sound changed with the the seasons. In winter, I had a John John Mayer. I was listening to John Mayer, Weezer, and Brad Paisley. For some reason, Brad Paisley was on there. But when we go when we go to the next season, we go to spring. I'm listening to Just Weezer, and then in summer, you know what it goes to. I go to Post Malone and Bruce Springsteen. What a weird transition. Also, Weezer's still in there. Like I've said in previous episodes, I'm a big Weezer fan. Um, and then, you know, Winter. I have Will Joseph Cook on there, which, whoa, didn't expect that. Because I only listened, I listened to one of his songs like a thousand times probably when it came out because it was really good. It's called The Dragon. Uh, go check that song out. Um, number one artist of the year was, of course, Weezer. It was, you know, really, real fun, you know. Thank you, Weezer. But Spotify, I didn't use it for a long time, you know. And then this year I really started to use it because they gave me an offer for 99 cents for three months. And it was the best three months of all of it. So the music that defined me from 2017 were... I don't even know who these artists are because I've never listened to these songs. I don't know who they are. Uh, Cape Dory and some other guy. Matt Pond, I think. I don't know. Maybe someone hacked my account. Who knows? Who's to say in this day and age? But that was really boring and I was just running out of ideas so I had to talk about that because frankly, this episode has to go up today and I'm recording it right now before it goes up and I don't have anything else to type. So please suggest me stuff so I don't have to type stuff. I'm just joking. I'm still going to type it if you suggest me something. So I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, I suppose. My my Spotify rap leading into the episode rap. 
Isn't that clever? Clever, clever, uh, clever goose. So, if you enjoyed this episode, leave me a five-star review or any star review. I don't care. Just not a one-star review, please. Oh, my God. Please don't give me a one-star review. So, like I said, if you enjoy the show, uh, the show, leave a review. Um, I'll read it out next episode. Um, if you have a suggestion, you can uh, uh, DM me or message me on Twitter or whatever at T Swinney or Swinford. I think you can probably just search Swinford and find me. And I'll you know you know read it, watch it, listen to it, whatever by the end or by by next episode. Um, and you know if anybody wants to know the schedule of episodes, just every every Thursday. Because I don't think I ever laid that out very clearly. But thank you for tuning in to this episode. I know it's it's a little bit shorter. About a minute shorter if we're being exact. That's why I'm talking like this. Because I'm trying to stretch it out as long as I can. But I'm done stretching it out. So thank you for listening. Uh, all of you, thanks for leaving that review. Uh, Christiane, I think that was the name. 252. Yeah, Christiane 252. Thank you for leaving the review. Who's going to leave the review next week? I don't know, but good luck, and have a wonderful evening.